Speed Hiring is our flagship event that we actually came up with during the pandemic. So pre-pandemic, we were doing the normal meetups. You know, you meet once a month in a cool location, you have some presentations and you network. When we went into lockdown, we realized that that's not possible anymore. So we had the idea to take it online, but we thought all oh, meetups is just going to be boring if we do that online. We need to do something interesting. And out of a few crazy ideas, speed hiring was born. And speed hiring is essentially a networking event to bring new opportunities closer to our community. We're coming to Sydney. Join us in person at the Hyatt Regency Hotel on Sussex Street for our Sydney edition of Advancing AI on August 30th. And then it's followed by our inaugural Data Engineering Summit on August 31st. We've had an outstanding amount of support from the community, from the speakers, from everyone, essentially. So we want to say a huge thank you to everyone. The tickets are still on sale. It's almost sold out. It's an outstanding two events that are back to back. So please come along. There'll be heaps of networking opportunities with roundtables, networking drinks on both days. And also there is a Women in Data Engineering lunch on August 31st very special event that we have as part of these conferences. Check out the website on the show notes for more details. And for advancing AI in Sydney and data engineering in Sydney, please mark August 30th and 31st in your diary and hope to see you there very shortly. I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading specialist data recruitment business. With offices in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, they're experts at providing recruitment strategy and building data teams for clients across industries Australia-wide. They provide recruitment solutions for all roles across the data lifecycle, including data engineering, data science, advanced analytics, customer and marketing insights, business intelligence, data product managers, and data governance. They're skilled at finding the best permanent and contract hires for your business needs, as well as statement of work, project focus, data resources. At Talent Insights, relationships matter most. I can say from first-hand experience, Talent Insights are fantastic to work with. Whether you're a business leader within an HR network or a specialist data candidate, Talent Insights should be the first company you turn to for all your data recruitment needs. Find them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi, this is Felipe Flores. Welcome to Data Futurology. Today we have an extra special episode and some extremely special guests. We're going to be discussing all topics, diversity, inclusion, and what it means to be coming up in this industry from different backgrounds. We want to be more inclusive. We want to help people and support them and provide the spaces to have that, that diversity in our teams and in our organizations. So we have the co-founders of Geek, which is Girl Geek Sydney. We got Kat Schmidt and we got Az Kojandi. Thank you so much for joining the show. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us, Felipe. We are super excited to do this podcast today. So hello, everyone. I'm Kat. I am the co-organizer, co-founder and managing director of Geek. That actually stands for Geeks with EQ. Great. Great. Ah, oh, so good. And, and as how are you doing today? I'm very well. And uh, thanks for having us here. I am another co-organizer, co-founder, and managing director of Geek. And super excited to be here and share our journey and our mission and vision with you and your audience. 
Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so maybe as can you get us started? Um, tell tell me a little bit about your uh, your background and how you came to the point of choosing to be a founder of the organization and then we'll switch it to Cap for the same. All right. So that's an interesting story that how it started. I came to Australia in 2010 and I'm originally Iranian. And for those that they don't know, Iran is in Middle East and it's in a, it's a country that it's not connected with other countries much. So basically, whatever English that you learn, it's through books and listening to the books and some extent watching some videos. So you wow. don't have a proper conversation with, uh, we don't have much for tourists in Iran. So that means that you don't have a proper conversation in English. And when I came to, uh, to Australia in 2010, um, I was lucky enough that I worked in a startup called Community Engine and I met Kat there and a few other amazing engineers there. And uh, it was my mission to learn to speak English better and also how uh, how can I, you know, extend my vocabulary, uh, you know, have more friends. And I think that in 2012, me and Kat attended a hackathon organized by Girls Geek Sydney. Prior to that, I was attending uh, the Girls Geek meetups just to make sure that I find new friends and learn uh, more about technology plus extending my uh, English vocabulary. And then in 2012, me and Kat and few other engineers from our friends, uh, we attended the first woman hackathon. And uh, actually our team got selected and we were one of the winners and we were super excited. And uh, I was keep going uh, to the Girls Geek Sydney meetups. And in 2017, actually the, uh, the organizer asked me that if I am interested to be one of the organizer of the meetups because I was one of the patrons and I was keep going to the meetups and I was uh, um, someone that I saw the benefits of attending those meetups and I wanted to pay forward. Long story short, then Kat joined uh, as one of another co-organizer of the Girls Geek Sydney and in 2022, Sorry, in 2020, uh, we changed Girls Geek Sydney community to a non-for-profit geek. And I leave it to uh, Kat to share the rest of the journey. Oh, I love it. <laughs> awesome. I love to hear this story, to be honest. It always makes me so proud to hear that we are knowing each other for such a long time. So Asadea has been one of my first friends in Australia. I actually came to Australia in 2010 as well. Um, I'm originally from Germany um, and yeah, we, we both worked at that startup and we made loads of friends and I'm so happy that we are on that journey together. So a little bit of background around myself. Um, I am a front-end developer gone into UX design. Mm -hmm. So when I came to Australia 2010, um, I was actually working as a developer in IT in really the tech space coding. Um, but shortly I noticed that I am more of a creative type. I wanted to design. That was more my thing. So I, over the last few years, I actually moved away from that. And for the last seven years, um, I've actually made a career as a design leader. 
Um, so I am still in the IT industry. I have the background of coding, of being a woman in IT, but my, um, you know, my angle now is more from a UX and a design perspe perspective. And to tell you the story about Geek, so um, as Asadid um, told us the story about how we got engaged with the Girl Geek Sydney community, because we, we must say we are not the founders of the Girl Geek Sydney community. They have been around for over 10 years and wow. they were led by amazing women over the years. Um, and we started out with just being members, but we loved it so much that we took over the organization. Um, but we had challenges because if you're a community, there is no business structure. It's really hard to organize events, to really get engaged with sponsors. So it was one of, as it is in my uh, dreams, to really make that into a non-for-profit so we can actually give back properly to our community. And we fulfilled that in 2020 when we incorporated it into Geek. Amazing. And how, how has it been since, since that point, since the incorporation and the not-for-profit? How, how did things uh, change or evolve from 2020 onwards? It's actually a big change, to be honest. It's a big and an amazing change. Um, it's it's wonderful to have this charity simply because um, a lot of sponsors engage with us. So, and I think if you're a newly founded company, you have the struggle that you need to go out and sell and you know get people to come and help you and 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 grow your company but we're actually in a super lucky position that the name is already out there and sponsors want to engage with us so on a weekly basis we have new companies reach out to us and and they have seen us on social media and they go hey it looks like you're doing great things for women in IT can we collaborate with you as well so it's it's been an absolute whirlwind and we love it um we love that that we get um you know we get engaged by companies. We love to give back to the company, uh, to the community, and to really help and grow the women that that we have in the community. And um, if you're asking for numbers, which we are really proud of, um, when we started the charity, we had I think. 2,500 members, round about that. And I think the latest um, the latest numbers are we are now over 5,000 members in the community. Wow. Wow. What, what a, yeah, what an amazing journey. Um, and uh, that, that is fantastic. What an impact you're having, um, you know, in, in Australia and the women's tech scene uh, coming together at a, at a startup almost 12 years ago. Um, and then, you know, finding your, your passions coming together and taking, um, uh, taking over the community and, and taking it to the next step, starting a charity. That is so, like, you've accomplished so much. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, when, when you first arrive to, to another country, it's always um, difficult to, to uh, find your bearings, understand how the culture works, and learn the language. Um, there's so many, so many uh, additional challenges. So um, uh, I'm so grateful for all the work that you guys are doing um, and uh, the, the passion is palpable. So thank you. Thank you so much um, for everything you're giving to the community. That's, that's amazing. Um, and can we, can we cover some of the, some of the, um, some of the things that you do in the, in the community, the type of events that you organize, um, how, Give us a little bit of a, a look under the hood. What, what does it look like um, and what's what's available? 
Yes, absolutely. I can cover it and then I leave the rest of it for Kat to cover because we, we do multiple amazing uh, events and different initiatives. You have different initiatives. What, uh, what me and Kat believe in, whatever we didn't have, it shouldn't be similar for the next generation. So if Kat and I had better sponsors, mentors, and coach, you know, we have been in a different position. But we were thankful for the girls had, uh, community that we, ha we had around us. But we want to make it better for the next generation. Geek has a vision to improve equality in the workplace. And our, our mission is bringing more women, more, sorry, say it again, bringing more women into IT industry and help them to grow in their career. It's important for us that not only bringing women into IT, but also help them to grow and get the promotions, uh, you know, get more responsibilities and, you know, get the fulfillment that they deserve and, you know, have the similar rights as their male counterparts. So that's what we want to achieve with GIG. And as part of it, we do have multiple events. Just to make sure that, you know, uh, your audience know about it, our events are inclusive. Everyone could attend. Our focus is for women. So we are trying to organize targeted uh, events that helps women most, but it doesn't mean that anyone else cannot benefit from it. So we are open for everyone to attend our events. Our, all of our events are free, but our focus are women. In terms of the type of events that we have, uh, we do have speed hiring events, which is our flagship events. And I will leave it to Kat to speak about it. She can also speak about our speed hiring events at TEDx, which is very inspiring and exciting. We do have regular meetups and fireside chats. Basically, our fireside chats focuses from the technology to uh, soft skills. So we identify what community needs, what's, uh, what's actually good, uh, what skill is good to have to secure your next role or get uh, your dream role. So we try to make sure that we, uh, we use those fireside chats as uh, an opportunity we, uh, for everyone to learn those skills or hear about those technologies so they know how to how they can upskills and how they can um, get the information that they need. We also have, what else do we have, Kat? We do have our book club. Yes, that's my passion. Yeah, you know what? That's, a, uh, that's one of the areas that I'm very passionate about it and I have forgotten about it. So the book club, it's the events that uh, we partner with uh, Amazon Networking, uh -huh. uh, and we get uh, some vouchers for audiobooks and Kindle books. And basically, every few months, we select a leadership book, which helps uh, our members to gain new skills. So we uh, we read about negotiation, we read about um, different cultural aspects of, you know, um, setting the vision, setting a strategy. So we try, and then we bring um, thought leaders to speak about uh, those books and share the insights about those books as well. So we are, we are running a competition, we give away books and 
then at the end of the month, uh, we talk about that books and share our learnings. That's the area that we think that helps uh, our community uh, to learn about uh, new leadership uh, strategies that has been, you know, circulated. We, need, we read best-selling books. Uh, we read, uh, you know, uh, books that has been recommended by uh, big executives. So we want to make sure that our community leaders know about those concepts and they can apply those learnings in their day-to-day -day work. And I hand it back to Kat to talk about speed hiring. Oh, but before <laughs> we jump away to, to speed hiring, you have to tell us what was the last, um, the last favorite book that you had coming out of uh, Book Club? Yeah, the last favorite book, uh, it was uh, Essentialism, and mm -hmm. it was be uh, Less is Better, and basically it's talking about how we can manage our time. Now, it's not about managing time. It's about prioritization and finding what's important and focusing on it and do it. Because whatever, you know, nowadays everyone is trying to go from one meeting to another meeting, yeah. trying to fit in so many activities in day, 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 and basically doing more busy work rather than focusing on what is important and do what's important and it's more, more impactful. I love it. I love it. Um, and that really resonates. I will put it on my list. Thank you for the recommendation. That's excellent. Um, Kat? Tell us, tell us about speed hiring. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, speed hiring is our flagship event that we actually came up with during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So pre-pandemic, we were doing the normal meetups. You know, you meet once a month in a cool location, you have some presentations and you network. When we went into lockdown, we realized that that's not possible anymore. So we had the idea to take it online, but we thought our oh, meetups is just going to be boring if we do that online. We need to do something interesting. And out of a few crazy ideas, speed hiring was born. And speed hiring is essentially a networking event to bring new opportunities closer to our community. So what that means is we translated the idea of speed dating. So, you know, you, you meet someone for five minutes, you have a quick chat. If you like that person, you take it further. If not, you just move on to the next person. We translated that into the world of business networking. So during a speed hiring event, you get to know a new company, um, what they're doing, what their culture is like, what jobs they have open, um, how you best apply, uh, how you prepare for the interviews. And if you like what you hear and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to have a chat with these guys, you can book yourself into a speed hiring conversation. And it is literally a five-minute conversation with a hiring manager or someone from talent acquisition. And it doesn't mean that you literally have to be prepared like a job interview. It's yeah. just getting a connection. You, you make that contact. And if you're interested, you take it further. You go and go to the interview process. And if not, just move on. Incredible. Incredible. That's, uh, that is so good because like it's knowing people uh, and in the industry, uh, understanding what the, what the market needs, getting that kind of like in one in one shot, um, diversity from from different uh, from different organizations in terms of what they're looking for, and then being able to select which ones to get to know better. 
Fantastic. Um, that is great. So how has the, the flagship event, um, how has it gone since COVID? Um, tell me a little bit about what's what's happened uh, in that on that front. <laughs> so that flagship event has actually turned into a popular event. Uh, we are running those events at least once a month. Um, during COVID, it was completely virtual. That was very, very important to us. And now that the world is opening up again, we get a lot of requests. Can't we do that in person? We want to get together again. Um, but we have actually made the decision that we would like to stay virtual or at least hybrid because we realized that lots of people, they have commitments, and especially in our community. We have a lot of women who are mothers who have after-work commitments. They can't come to locations to attend an event. So by keeping our events hybrid or virtual, they can dial in from wherever they are. They can join a speed hiring conversation while they're making the dinner for their children. And that was really important to us. Um, last week, we actually had our first hybrid event that was quite nerve-wracking. Um, so what we did, we were meeting up virtually. We had half of the panel um, dialing in via Zoom and half of the panel was in, in the location. And it was quite, quite a stretch to be like, hi, virtual, hi, in room. And we had like people who dialed in and people in the location. It was, it was, it was nerve-wracking. It was crazy. We made it work. And it was just really lovely to combine these these two worlds. I love it. I love it. Um, you have definitely taken the bull by the horns. That is that is a, a definitely a challenge. Um, well done. That's incredible. That is that is amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. I wanted to um, I wanted to see if we can jump into talking about the the challenges that uh, you see women facing in technology um, and that and that um, and essentially um, you're you're helping provide the the support and almost like the antidote for for so many challenges um, can we spend some time discussing uh, what those challenges are maybe as if you want to start um, yeah and, absolutely uh, yes please. Uh, okay, so before I go and jump in in terms of those challenges, I just want to talk about some key facts about the workforce in Australia. Based on the latest Australian government report, the Australian workforce is highly segregated by gender. Out of 19 industries, only nine industries has the equal uh, balance of men and women. And sadly, if you want to know about it in terms of the salaries, Women are earning $250 less than men per week. Even in industries that women are overrepresented. So let's say that healthcare and education, we have more women than men. But even in those industries, women are earning less. Wow. When we are looking into IT industries, the distribution is it's not that bad. So basically in IT, we have 61% men and 61.2% men in comparison of 38.8% women. Mm -hmm. And in professional scientific and technology services, it's 566 .6 to 43.4%. Mm -hmm. So basically these numbers are not great, but if you see it from the broad category, 
it looks okay. But mm-hmm. if you just go drilling and look into actual, uh, actually when looking into professional scientific and technology services and looking into the roles, you could see that the leadership roles, the distribution is not fair. Mm-hmm. So basically, the tech lead roles, the solution architect roles, the you know head of engineering, the VP of engineering, those roles are predominantly are men. Mm-hmm. So how we can address those challenges? The first one is admitting and knowing those roles, uh, those uh, those those facts. If we don't know these facts, uh, we d- we think that oh everything is is fine, but unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> So how we can address it to get uh, to to your point? I think that as a nation, we do have a responsibility to address it. So in 2018, KM, KPMG did a modeling, and the modeling shows that if in Australia, the, we reduce the gap between men and women in terms of the participation in the workforce, we get additional $60 billion in our GDP by 2038. And our accumulative living standards by increase by $140 billion. Wow. It's only by being inclusive, making sure that, you know, uh, we distribute opportunities for equally, we pay equally to um, to the community and we provide opportunities for women mainly because uh, unfortunately the groups that they are missing out are women so th- when you look at these numbers you see that you know each of us has a responsibility because at the end of the day the benefit is for everyone it's not only for women so from my perspective uh, it's first accepting that there is a problem Second, knowing that if you solve that problem, it solves it for everyone. I leave it to Kat to add her insights. Wow. As it is, definitely the numbers person of the both of us. I love it that she always can pull out the statistics and you know exactly what's numbers and where it's up and what is down. Um, I don't actually know if I can have anything valuable to add to this. I just know that equality in the workspace is a very difficult topic. Diversity and inclusion, I think every tech company is addressing it currently, but I think every tech company also realizes how difficult this topic is because it is not necessarily about equality. It's about an an equal equity. You have to provide everyone the same equal chance to create this, it is really, really difficult. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Agree, and and um, so um, it's 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 amazing work the what you're doing, choosing to to focus in the space and and the difference that you're already already making. Um, the the numbers at a population level, they're quite scary um, in terms of you know. Um, I, I, I like I hope that things are better than what they were before, but still the gap is is so big. Um, for at an individual level, what 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 are some of the things that that we can do? And maybe we can talk about the um, the women in in tech and how and and obviously a lot of the work that you guys are doing is to um, share the opportunities and and um, and the thinking and and um, make sure that there's visibility. Uh, for them and 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 preparing, and then on the other side, there's kind of the rest of the people. I guess the 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 men that we gotta help 
in in closing this gap and making making a difference. So could we talk about the the two sides and and what we can all do? Um, yeah, regardless of of who we are, what we can do to to address this. That's a really interesting um, question that you're asking, because I find it really interesting because everyone has unconscious biases. And it's really, really interesting if you're you just mentioned men. So if you're actually talking to men, I think the first step of everyone else is to, uh, to have awareness of it. And it's really difficult to have awareness of your own unconscious biases. It, it, it is literally like stopping and thinking and being like, hang on, what did I just do? Was that was that bias? And honestly, it's not a what we don't want to do is like the naming and blaming and shaming, because that, that's not that's not what we're here for. Because if I look at myself, I have so I, I myself have like unconscious biases. And for me, it's like on a daily basis to be like, oh, hang on, what did I just do there? That was there was something wrong. And it's just that you know, the first step of a change is the awareness. You don't have to jump to some conclusions, but to watch, to notice, and to be aware. I agree. Uh, as I do. Yeah. So basically, if you're looking for practical, you know, solutions in terms of, uh, I cannot uh, agree more with Cat. Mm. Unconscious bias training and inclusive training for all of the leaders and everyone in the organization. Something that you know, if we know that everyone has a bias. You might be able to, you know, think more about the decisioning or be more intentional about uh, the reasoning behind your decisions. And that, that might, uh, that might uh, level up the opportunities for men and women and everyone. So diversity is not only men and women. Uh, it has multiple angles. So we will be more inclusive. In terms of, you know, from the organizational perspective, what can be done? If you want to think about systematically, it starts from, you know, the job advertisement that you put. If the job uh, advertising that you are putting, is it inclusive enough? Then you are looking into your sourcing and your how you're headhunting. Is, you know, are you actually looking and headhunting the equal pool? When you are... Uh, interviewing and then finding candidates to interview do we have do you have a diverse pool or everyone is the cookie cutter of one persona yeah. when you are making a decision to hire are you actually aware of those uh, biases that we are closer and we feel closer to someone to cl uh, that it's uh, similar to us mm. so basically if you want to find a future colleague, you, you see them. So let's say that you see, oh, you're, you're young yourself. And then you say, oh, this person is, has a great potential. And, uh, you know, I was in his shoes or I was in her shoes. And, you know, they have potentials. But the data shows that, you know, actually when it gets to the hiring and providing offer, men are promote, uh, get promotion or get hired based on their potential. But women, it's based on their past experience. That's a proven fact. So if, if you are aware of it, so when you are saying that, oh, this person doesn't have experience, or then you look at that, okay, how about the potential specifically for, you know, for, for women? So you are not only looking into the experience that they have because you are unconsciously 
or men are doing it. Or if I'm a woman, I do it for women. So I'm, I just want to make sure that, you know, the unconscious bias is there. But sadly, because the percentage of the leadership, it's not balanced, then that, you know, we can, it automatically doesn't address the issue. So it's keep going. Then you look into the promotions and providing opportunities. So let's say that you hired a person, then how you are helping that person to grow. Are you providing the same opportunities? Uh, for men, it's easy. They go to bar with their managers, with the CEOs. They can easily have a drink and no issue. And then sometimes conversation happens and they hear about opportunities and they snap it and say, oh, I'm interested. And then that's it. But for women, it doesn't happen naturally. And how many women do you know that they can easily, without thinking about social conducts and other issues that can easily go and have a drink with the CEO or CTO without people thinking about the, mo uh, the motives behind it? And how often those random conversation about opportunity comes up to snap it? So when I, when we think about being systematically think about how we can apply opportunities for everyone and be inclusive, that includes those, uh, those areas as well. So these are the, you know, big areas that if you are, if someone is looking at how they can be more inclusive, these are some areas that they can, you know, look in dig deeper into their organization, into their processes, into their policies and making sure that they're more inclusive. I like I can't tell you how eye-opening um that was like so because like I've I've been a hiring manager and I've made lots of mistakes in this space and um I've often had to um follow the data to show me the error um so for example at one point I um I had a, an ad out and we had um something like 250 applicants and it was a it was a 60 40 split 40 percent women and um i sent out uh, uh this is embarrassing but i have to tell you um so i sent out a, a self-assessment survey uh for people to tell me about their skills and the areas that they were stronger in and um after the survey um, the percentage of of females went from 40 percent to 12 percent or 11 percent and during that process, we were going to hire 10 people. And at the end, we ended up with one female and nine men. And I was like racking my brain to say like, what, what happened? And I knew, um, luckily, um, I, I was teaching, this is in Melbourne, I was teaching at, at a university um, there at the time, um, sort of in the, in the evenings. Um, and I knew some of, some of the women from the class had applied initially, but then didn't fill out the survey. So then I went in and spoke with them and they told me that the, the wording that I used in the survey was biased and that it essentially like put them off um, answering the, the survey. And I was like, I am so sorry. I didn't like, I, it never would have crossed my mind. Um, and for the, for the next um, three rounds of hires that I was in the, in that work in that company for like we completely flipped the um the the script uh, the process and then we were able to establish a team where um at one point was was majority women um from from there and this is in in data data analytics um 
but I guess that's just just that's that's just one example and and kind of like trying to find what was the the difference or what could have been different in the process but um you highlighted so many additional biases that um it's so important for for people to recognize within themselves and then be able to um to overcome them and improve upon that um so oh, i can't i can't tell you how beneficial that was so thank you thank you so much um i and i i know that we're low on time i think that is an excellent excellent note to end on cat and as i want to thank you so much oh, i should say we have uh we have um um put our um organizations together and we're going to do a um and uh well i'll let you tell me but um as part of the data engineering summit that's coming up in sydney august 31st what have we got in store for the audience there cat Absolutely. We need to talk about our lunch. So we have put our heads together to create another great opportunity for our community. So during the uh, conference, um, we're going to host a lunch, especially for you. It's going to be a networking lunch. It is for 20 to 25 people. We're going to announce how you can secure yourself a spot very soon. What are you going to do at this lunch? You're going to get food, which is always good, free food. You will have the chance to listen to some of the speakers from the summit. You have the chance to meet and have a chat with them as well for an hour. So keep an eye out for our event and secure yourself a spot. I love it. I love it. So please, anyone listening, keep your eyes and ears out for how you can join the networking session, get connected to this amazing community, hear directly from the speakers and have the conversations that are so important to help us all progress and understand our biases better and help make this world a better place by closing the gaps that we heard about before. So Kat Azadeh, thank you so much for your time, for coming on the show and for sharing everything that you did and for all the work that you do for the community. I can't thank you enough. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.